Get your snow cats ready and get over here. Right now? You darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the situation room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. And he's loose! No timeouts for the Wolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does. Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the lead. Andrew Wiggins breaks it in. Timberwolves, an unbelievable win here in Oklahoma City. Ryan goes back to pass, fires right, intercepted by Harrison Smith at the 30-yard line. Harry the hitman. By Parisi, fire scores! Puckett swings and hits a blast. Deep left center, way back, way back. What is going on, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor of the great state of Minnesota, coming to you live and direct. Oh, man, so much to get into. We got the one and only, and I'm and I'm very happy to say this, making his debut on the sports show tonight from WDUZ, the, ironically, the fan in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the one and only Bob Watts will be joining us to talk Vikings and Packers. Mainly Packers from his point of view, but I cannot wait. Big Bob joining us. And that's about as much applause as somebody from Green Bay is going to get on this show. Um, Again, sports done right. We are back live and direct. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor of the great state of Minnesota, coming to you live from the Situation Room deep, deep in the palatial governor's mansion here in the East Metro. want to thank you all for joining us again. Um, so much to get into. Lots of Vikings and Packers coming up. But one thing I would like to start with is uh, a big rest in peace to John Thompson. Um, the one and only, the legend himself from Georgetown. Excuse me, I had to hit the cough button there. Um, just a phenomenal man. Um wound up turning a, a very unheard of program, not only into a program that became a national power, uh, a program that stood for a lot more than just what it did on the basketball court. Um, you know, John Thompson took a lot of heat at Georgetown for having mostly African-American teams at, you know, this prestigious uh, institution and and he he gave many many reasons why he he recruited the way he recruited recruited the kids he recruited because they became men under his tutelage as well. Um, Patrick Ewing, 
you know, he put out um, on his Twitter today, Georgetown or Georgetown University's sport of basketball in the world has lost someone who I consider to be a father figure, confidant and role model. We will all miss you, Coach Thompson, but we will never forget you. And I mean, that just goes beyond words. And, you know, what he did for Georgetown University goes beyond words as well. Uh, first black coach to win a Division One national championship for hoops. Alonzo Mourning, Allen Iverson, um, Patrick Ewing, who we just read from, to name a few. Um, I was always a big Alonzo Mourning fan, really liked Alonzo's game. Um, while not necessarily a Georgetown fan uh, per se in, in college football schemes, always respected what Coach Thompson was able to do there. And he transcended basketball. I mean, he was part of the Washington, D.C. scene. You can talk politics, you can talk politicians, you can talk local celebrities in the D.C. area. He was right up there uh, with them all. He walked into a room, he got the gratis service, he got tables moved and, and made available for him as well. But what always inspired me was how he taught on the court and off the court. And he will definitely be missed. He will never, ever be forgotten. And we'll get more into this because I'd like to spend more time on, on John Thompson and exactly what he did. And we'll definitely touch bases on that on the later show, but coach rest in peace. Um, what you did down here was phenomenal. What you did for Georgetown goes without saying, and literally one of the legends of basketball. Um, not only did he play college basketball over at Providence, went on, was drafted by the, the Celtics played for those um, a couple of those teams. He did it all. He did it all. So, Coach, rest in peace. We love you. We miss you. And we're going to talk more about the late great um, John Thompson in a, a future show. And also rest in peace to the one and only um, Cliff Robinson. Mr. Headband himself died at 53. Um Again, just a, a phenomenal basketball player, very talented on and off the court. I was actually looking to get into the weed game here off the court, but uh, he passed this week as well. I don't know what to tell you, man. 2020 has just got us all jacked up in all kinds of ways. Um, still trying to find cause of death here, but again, way too young and will not only be remembered for his days and what he did for the Portland Trail Blazers, but obviously he's a Yukon Husky as well. And the University of Connecticut has definitely done some things to remember him as well. He, you know, just a good, solid player. And really just enjoyed watching him play, watching his game, watching his intensity, watching all he gave on the court. Um, phenomenal dude, phenomenal dude. He was our first great player. He came from a difficult background in Buffalo. I watched him evolve as a man. He was a good man, had a great career, and was instrumental in a lot of the great things that happened at UConn. Form, and that was a quote for, from, the, uh, from Jim Calhoun, former Huskies coach. And again, what can we say um, from UConn men's basketball, their Twitter account, the UConn basketball family mourns the loss of a legendary player in person, Clifford Robinson. Our thoughts and prayers are with Cliff's family at this difficult time. Rest in peace, Cliff. And I mean, it, it just, it goes without saying he 
you know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you can kind of tell I'm just at a loss for words. Um, 2020, man, it, it sucks as a year. <laughs> it sucks for all the reasons we've talked about before. But again, losing two uh, giants in the world to basketball this week. Um, never, ever a good thing at all. So rest in peace, Big Cliff, and prayers and condolences to his family and friends as well. All right, what else is going on? Uh, Timberwolves seem to be Glenn Taylor. The owner seems to be in deep talks with a uh, group of buyers. And here's the funny thing. And again, we got Bob Watts calling in here in a couple minutes. So I just wanted to touch on this very, very briefly. Um, Excuse me. Notice the Kevin Garnett group really never seemed to be a player. And I don't know if and I'll try and I'm trying to research and I've reached out to some people here in local media to kind of find the, the answer to this. Was he part of a group that just they, they couldn't round up the money? Glenn Taylor didn't want to deal with the group, uh, maybe led by Kevin Garnett. I don't know. But once he made his intentions known, his group never really materialized. So um, he is in talks with a different group and apparently maybe hearing the the sale of the Timberwolves any day now. If not uh, sooner rather than later. So that's what we got going on here. Um, let's do this. Again, I am Vince Wright, Sports Governor. Real quick, let me tell you how to, how you can follow us. Sports Done Right, W-R-I-G-H-T. You can follow that on Instagram, the Facebook group as well. You can follow me on Twitter at the Big Smooth One. That's the number one after the Big Smooth and I just want to thank everybody for popping in here real quick. Um, let's welcome, we got, um, who do we got? Shay over in Hastings, Minnesota. She is listening. Thank you. Appreciate that. Big Mike always out needing prayer. He's in the Twitter sphere sending us uh, some questions here. Um, again, we're a couple minutes away from Bob Watts calling in. And uh, we're going to get into Vikings and Packers and all that fun stuff. Uh, who else do we got here? We have Thomas, and he is listening to us over in East St. Paul. What up, Gov? Glad you're back. Looking forward to the show. What's going on with the Big Ten Football Conference? We will get to that maybe a little bit later, Thomas. But um, appreciate you listening here. Um, let's do this. We're going to get a very quick break in here. We're going to set it up. And we're actually, you know what? We will just keep it going here because we only got a couple more minutes to fill. So, yeah, Timberwolves sale could be imminent. Be very interesting um, to see what this group is all about. Glenn has made it, you know, a, a condition in a sense that the team stays in Minnesota. So should be very interesting there. Um NBA playoffs moving right along. Los Angeles Lakers finally got past Portland. Uh Dame time went down, a little busted up finger, but we will see what happens. All right, and I think this is Mr. Bob Watts. What's happening, Bob? How you doing there, Vinny? Hey, first off, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the man, the myth, the legend out of Green Bay, Wisconsin himself. They called this guy the rookie, even though he basically has owned the sports media market over there for going on three decades now. He is the main man over at WDUZ. 
um, building rookie experience, mornings over there, the one and only Bob Watts. And like I said, he happens to be married to a good friend of mine, Lisa Malik, as well. So what's happening, Bob? Not much. We're just counting down to Packers-Vikings in a week and a half. Can you believe football is, in a sense, finally here? I Personally, I didn't think the season was going to happen, Bob. I really didn't. Um, I'm glad it is happening. You know, the COVID test numbers are very low, so that's definitely a positive. And outside of no fans, obviously, it is going to be very, very interesting when the Green Bay Packers step into U.S. Bank Stadium. So let me get to it. First off, tell the folks a little bit about the Green Bay quarterback situation. Now, you know, people are trying to blow this up. I mean, obviously, nobody really expected Green Bay to take a quarterback in the first round, maybe a little further down the line. But um, how's the new kid looked over there in practice? I've kind of heard, you know, mixed results. I hear lately he's been showing some flashes of promise. But what's your take on Mr. Love over there? Well, he looks like a rookie, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> he had probably his best practice this past weekend, but, you know, he look, he's he's behind the eight ball from the simple fact that they've had to do everything virtual until training camp rolled around. You know, right. he, had, he didn't have the rookie camps, you didn't have the OTAs, you didn't have the mini camps, and then, you know, so you get to training camp and you're thrown to the fire practice-wise, and he talked about it when he spoke at the media that he has lost so many reps from the off season, you know, it's all mental reps or was early on before camp right. and not actual physical reps. So he knows he's behind. He looks behind. Uh, the big thing is it's not a big deal because there's no intention of playing him anyways. He's not, he's not even going to be the backup quarterback. If, if something were to happen to Rogers, you know, maybe some Viking linebacker cheap shot at him, you know, through <laughs> his collarbone, um, it would probably be uh, Tim Boyle that would come in and and then start in his place. Bob Watts throwing it down already, man. Why do you got to bring it up? A legitimate tackle on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. I mean, come on. It's not my fault you got, you know, a guy that's got toothpicks for bones over there, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. The one and only Bob Watts joining us. All right, Bob, let's get into it, man. Now, I wanted to speak to you about Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, he is, I feel, a, a pretty talented receiver, um, you know, definitely a deep threat, but I'm looking to see if he can take the, the big step this year to really become, you know, that other name that we're talking about besides Devontae Adams, of course. What is your take on Valdez Scantling, and what are you maybe looking for him to see improve this year that will help the Green Bay Packers? Well, that's a great question because what I've seen from him in training camp is he's having a, a bounce back year, at least in training camp. You know, he had a very productive rookie year. You know, he did not blow up numbers, but a lot of rookie wide receivers don't. He looked good his rookie season, stretched the field. He was awful last year. He, he disappeared. He, he started off right. fast, but after about October, he just fell off the planet. And, and he was dealing with an ankle injury last year, so they say that hindered him a little bit. But he just never found the um, chemistry between he and Aaron Rodgers last year. Now, he's had some of that in training camp here. As you mentioned, he's the deep threat. He's going to be the one guy that they try to use to pop the lid off the defense. But okay. uh, there's a lot of questions about him and, and where he fits into the the depth chart here in Green Bay. It's going to be Devontae Adams, as you said. 
they signed Devin Funches in the offseason to be the number two wide receiver, but he opted out when given the opportunity because of, of COVID. So that moved right. Alan Lazard up to number two, who really had a nice second half of the season. Um, he spent the first roughly half of the season on the practice squad and got elevated and, and found some chemistry with, with Aaron last year and came up with some big catches, a few big plays. And that's, that's picked up where it left off last year. So he'll likely be the number two. I think the one guy that you need to keep an eye on is Equidemia St. Brown. He okay. too had showed flashes his rookie season. He missed all of last year with injury. This guy, this guy is kind of my X factor in the wide receiver group for the Packers is, uh, is Equinemius St. Brown. Okay, cool, cool. Looking forward to keeping an eye on him. You heard it here for first, by the way, on Sports Done Right with the one and only Bob Watts. Now, yeah, because, I, you know, I was bouncing around some of the Packer websites over the weekend and, and saw, you know, Scantling, you know, he's been working out with, uh, ironically, Randy Moss, of all people, speaking of uh, favorite Vikings right. of all times, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, Randy had a lot of nice words about him. And so, yeah, I'm very interested to see if he can actually take the next step to be kind of your main guy there. Now, Bob, let me ask you this real quick here, because one thing I I got tons of gopher people coming at me right now. Kamal Martin has apparently had a phenomenal training camp at the inside linebacker position. Can you tell us a little bit on if you think he's going to win that uh, starting role and um, I'd be very interested because I was a big fan of his here at Minnesota. You know, I'm a huge, obviously, go for season ticket holder, all that fun stuff. But I am very, very interested to see how he plays uh, in Green Bay. Now, you got to do it on the field on Sundays, but it sounds like he's really tearing it up in minicamp. Yeah, he's had a great training camp. He really has. I and mean, he's one of the, the guys, the young guys, the rookies that have stood out. Problem is, it's it's not real football in training camp, as you probably know, Vinny. It's, right. It's helmets and shoulder pads. Our old coach, Mike McCarthy, called it football and underwear, you know, when you just had to <laughs> right, on. Yep. And, and, and really, they had minimal contact in, in training camp this year. Mostly thud, very light tackling. So the point being is you always get guys that stand out in training camp. Uh, even if they turn out to be good football players. And, and you get all excited about them. And, I, it, look, I've been here 20 years covering the Packers. Right. And it, it's every year there's somebody that just has a phenomenal training camp. But it's training camp. And you, and when it, the real bullets fly, they're not up to the task yet. I know right. they're high on him. But we haven't even seen him in preseason games, right? So we haven't even seen him against exactly. twos and threes <clears throat> of other teams. So you need to temper your enthusiasm. No, I do not think he's going to win the starting job. And there's a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, he's got guys like Christian Kirksey in front of him. Oren Burks has been around. This is a big make-or-break year for Oren Burks. He's injured okay. right now. But, they, but they're also going to try to get, um, you know, obviously you've got Zadarius and Preston Smith, the Smith brothers as your outside edge rushers. They're also going to try to get Rashawn Gary, who's technically an edge rusher, but they're going to try to get him on the field at the same time as the Smith bros and maybe move those guys around a little bit. So then okay, you can have to contend okay. with those guys. And then on top of that, the Packers <clears throat> play a lot of nickel and dime packages, which takes a linebacker off the field. So there's a lot of hurdles and obstacles for uh, Kamal to get over before he would find a lot of playing time, I think. And that's why I wanted to have the rookie on, ladies and gentlemen. And granted, he lives in Green Bay. We can't hold that against him. But this guy <laughs> knows what he's talking about. He knows that organization. 
And um, besides that, just a very cool dude. Hey, Bob, real quick, because I've always wanted to ask you, and I may as well do it now. And, you know, in the times I've hung out with you, I've never really gotten into it. How did you get into sports radio or sports journalism, you know, to start with? Well, I, this is how, because I always played sports growing up. I actually went to Bemidji State to play hockey. Oh, really? Realized, okay. And this is back in, well, it didn't last long. It was a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I realized early, it was back in the mid-'80s, I realized early that I was not going to be a professional athlete, and so I wanted to get into sports broadcasting to stay, to stay close to sure. sports. And that's, that's quite honestly how it happened way back in the mid-'80s. Okay, and now obviously, you know, you've been in the Green Bay market, like you said, for the past 20 years. Have you always been in Green Bay, or did you, like a lot of other folks, move around to kind of get your career started? Yeah, I moved around to get my career started. Believe it or not, I worked in Hutchinson, Minnesota for uh, five years and, oh, wow. and did, a lot of, uh, did a lot of covering of the, the Vikings, the Twins, the North Stars. Um, it was a it, when I was there in in Hutchinson and, and would drive into the cities to cover those teams. That was from ninety to ninety five, and that was oh, the heyday okay. of the Twin Cities. You had the Twins in the World Series. You had the right, North yeah. Stars in the Cup Finals. You had the Final Four at the Metrodome. You hosted the Super Bowl between the Bills and the Redskins. Right, and yep. the U.S. Open was at Hazeltine National Golf Club. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. It was a heyday to be there, uh, covering all those those um those sporting events and then and then covering the vikings on top of it and i'm a huge hockey guy as i think you know Vinny. and right and believe it or not um you know i spent a lot of time in minnesota i i, I until i was 12 i lived in apple valley before we moved to denver my family so oh, i was okay. a huge north stars fan and was devastated when norm green moved them to dallas oh. but I remember, <laughs> yeah i remember covering I remember covering the North Stars that final year that they were in in Bloomington, mm-hmm. and uh, and there was roughly opening night at the Met Center. <clears throat> excuse me here. Um, there was roughly five six thousand fans in the stands. It was That's depressing. Right. You know, you knew the team was moving, and I remember being down in the locker room and, and talking with Kurt Giles. Ah, uh, yes, him. absolutely. Yep. I think he's I think he's coaching high school hockey, and he is. He, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. Um, but I talking with her Giles, and, and it was just such a somber locker room. And here it was October, you know, at the beginning of the season, and nobody in the stands because everybody knew they were off to Dallas. And that was uh, that was uh, quite honestly that was devastating for me. I remember, um, and I'm probably going long winded. No, no, go right ahead. Go right ahead. You know, I remember when our family moved to to uh, Colorado. It was roughly 1977. That's the year. Denver and Dallas played in the Super Bowl, and I was a huge North Stars fan. So I remember when they made the Stanley Cup Finals uh, in 1981 against the New York Islanders. Oh yeah, and and this is the problem. This is well before your time, but back in those times, <laughs> AM radio, AM radio is where it's at. Yeah, and if you dialed in your transistor radio, you could get AM stations from across the country. Oh um, yeah, I'd love that. Radio geek and a radio I was a radio nerd, radio geek. Okay. I remember turning tuning in all these stations. Now, I could tune in at that time. The Stars games were on KSTP. Yep. The great legendary Al Shaver. Al Shaver, play play <laughs> yes sir. And, and I would tune in KSTP. Now it wouldn't come in clear, but I could I could get uh, I could hear it just enough, enough of it. Yeah, the, I yeah, I could hear the great Al Shaver calling the games. 
And and they were playing the Islanders. And if you remember, they played cool in the game, celebration after goals. Mm-hmm, and it was yep. just, I'm just, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up just going down that little memory lane. So I apologize. No, no. Let me, I, and I, you know, I talk about the North Stars on this show a lot because. You know, I'm a huge Blackhawks fan now, and people, you know, I always have to tell them originally I'm from Chicago. Let me, well, I'll tell the story to you, sir. Here's here's how it happened. Now, originally, I'm from Chicago. Um, the family grew up two blocks from the old Chicago Stadium, now United Center, so right in the middle of the hood, all this stuff. And my uncle, uh, who is no longer with us, he was the one that kind of turned me on to Blackhawks hockey because he had polio. So he wore a, a very big leg brace, but he would walk down and, and, you know, watch the not only the Blackhawks, but the Bulls when they'd come and park for games and stuff. And, you know, so he, he got some love, little waves and stuff from folks like, you know, Tony Esposito and all those guys. So that's where kind of the initial kind of okay. interest came. Now, obviously, living in Minnesota, I was I too was a huge North Star fan. So North Stars were always number one. If they weren't playing Chicago, I'd root for Chicago. But it was by far the North Stars, hands down. And yeah, when they left, you know, I like everybody else, I was pissed off, disgruntled, all of this stuff. I mean, I don't. Do you remember Tommy McCartney? He had a restaurant right by my house, an old fish and chips place. So we used to see some of the old North Stars going over there. You know, after games and stuff. Okay. And um, you know, but once they left, Bob, I mean, it. You know, I, I just fell back in with my Blackhawks, and you know, okay. ever since like '93, I've been with them ever since, do or die, good or bad. And obviously, you know, uh, recent history has been more good than bad with them. But I was also sporting my Blackhawks gear back when they absolutely sucked back in the sure. early and mid 2000s. So I just like people to understand that because of course they're like oh yeah just another bandwagon blackhawks fan all this stuff but no well, man let me, grew... let me run this by you if i can go ahead quick. yes so the our family just went over to minnesota we just got back from vacation this past weekend so we went up to the north shore and that was our plans we went up to grand marais and, and mm-hmm. camping and, and all that stuff i said hey let's leave because we weren't going to get to grand marais until Sunday. I said, hey, let's leave a couple of days early. We're going to go over to Eveleth, Minnesota. We're going to go to the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. And so we did that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd been there as a little kid and um, was just dying to go back. So we went to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. You mentioned 1993, the the last year that the North Stars were in town, right? The 1967 expansion team. Do your sports math here. 67, 77, 87, 93. 26 years in Minnesota, right? As the North Stars. The Minnesota Wild have been around for what? You're going on the 20th anniversary? It, oh, God, that's right. To, yeah. 2000 to 2020. It isn't Holy going to be too long that the Minnesota Wild will be in Minneapolis, well, St. Paul, will be your professional hockey team longer than the yeah. Minnesota North Stars. That's hard to believe. Hey, real quick, before we get back to the football, what's your take on the Minnesota Wild? I Here's, my, here's mine, because people give me grief because of being a Blackhawks fan and you know you loved the Minnesota hockey team at one time and now you know I went Bob over to Aldrich Arena me and a friend of mine stumbled in there on the day they announced the name um you know everybody was so excited and they came out and sure enough they started blaring the you know born to be wild and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and that name just never did anything for me I I was I might have been the only person in there just literally going like 
what the hell? I mean, that's the best you could come up with, the wild? And for some yeah. reason, it just, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they're my, they're my second team. I, you know, if the, if the Hawks ain't, ain't playing them or the Hawks ain't doing good, I wish them all the best. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a Minnesota Wild fan. Just because I was a North Star fan doesn't mean I adopted them. I actually I actually root for the Edmonton Oilers now. That's an okay. entirely different story. <laughs> um, so it doesn't. So it, 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 you know, I don't really think about it. I don't bother. I like the I like the red sweaters. I think those red sweaters, the alternate jerseys, are pretty yes. sweet. Yeah. Um, so just like Colorado with the Avalanche, when I moved to Denver back in '77. They've gotten a hockey team there called the Colorado Rockies. You mentioned oh, yeah. Colorado Rockies. Oh. Everybody thinks the baseball team. Since then, the Rockies have moved on to New Jersey. They're the Devils. Right. Uh, but since then, obviously, Denver stole Quebec from uh, the Nordiques from Quebec. They're the Colorado Avalanche. People go, well, why aren't you an Avalanche fan? Well, th- that wasn't my team. My team right. was the Colorado Rockies. I was out of Denver a long time uh, before the Avalanche came around. So I just I just adopted Edmonton as my as my new team. So I watched Oilers game. You know, I it, I didn't think it through though because they play out, you know, on the, in the Pacific time. So yeah, their game started nine thirty right. out here, and I you're an early guy. And <laughs> yeah, so I should have thought longer and harder about choosing them as my team because <laughs> slate starts out here. No doubt. And by the way, saw the pictures on Facebook of that awesome trip. By the way, um, Bob, let me ask you this before we jump back into football. One more hockey question here. What will it take, or can Milwaukee ever support a pro hockey team as well? You know, Wisconsin obviously has a history of hockey. Uh, the university obviously has a, a very deep tradition of hockey. And always, I always yep. wondered why, you know, they, they had the Admirals there for a while. But it always just kind of perplexed me why Milwaukee never had a pro hockey team. Is the market there to support pro hockey, in your opinion? Um, well, it would have been for a long time when the Bucks were as bad as they were. They'd, they'd happy, happily trade the Bucks for an NHL team. Here's the story. A lot of people don't know this. The old Bradley Center, built by the Pettits, uh, was actually designed for a high, to, to host a hockey team rather than an NBA team. And uh, I think they were hoping to get a, a relocation of a team maybe an expansion team, but the rumor has it. I don't know if this is true because this might be an old urban legend. Okay. And, and I've tried to find the answer to it. And I, it's really not out there, but the rumor is that the Chicago Blackhawks own the rights to the Milwaukee market. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. We'll have to do some research on that. That would now, wouldn't that be something? Um, yeah. You crazy. Know, too close. That, too close. That it, yep. would, it would, it would eat into their fan base and their market. So that, that's, that's the urban legend, I guess. Wow, interesting. Well, folks, I mean, that's why we got Bob Watts, the rookie, on with us. So, Bob, let me ask you this. Delving back into Packer football here for a second here. I wanted to talk to you. I, here's my question. I want you to name me kind of, well, let me put it to you this way. What is, in your opinion, the strength of Green Bay's defense, in your in your opinion this year, and what is a weakness of Green Bay's defense this year? I think the strength will be the secondary. I really like these guys a lot. Um, I, I love the corners. I love I love Jair Alexander. He's a, a star might be a little bit of a strong word, but possibly a star in the making. Okay. Uh, Kevin King, if he, he's in a contract year, and you know what happens to guys in contract oh, years. Oh, yes. <laughs> they have big years. 
right? Um, mm-hmm. His first two years in the league were injury-plagued. He, he ended the season on the injured list. Last year was his first year of being healthy, and he was very good. Um, so I expect big things out of him again. And I love Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, another young up-and-comer Savage going into his second year. I love the secondary. I think they have, I think they have the possibility of, to being a really good shutdown secondary. The weakness mm-hmm. on the defense okay. is going to be the run defense again. They got steamrolled by the San Francisco 49ers uh, a couple yes. times last yes, year, including uh, the NFC Championship game. They really haven't done anything to make them better. In fact, this is a... The big, the big grumblings here in Green Bay is the fact that this team didn't do much of anything to get better from the team a year ago. Their draft, uh, as we already talked about, hmm. moved up and used their first-round pick on a quarterback. He's not going to help this year. Uh, their second-round pick was a running back. Now, he's more he's the most likely to have an impact on the team this year, A.J. Dillon. The dude's just built from the waist down like you've never like you've never seen. Um but still, running back when you had um, when you had Aaron Jones coming off a great year last year, then in the third round they pick they pick up a tight end slash H back guy that you know we don't know where he's going to really play or factor in. So they didn't really do anything in the draft to help out. Then the only move that they made, well, I guess they made two moves: Devin Funches who opted out, and then Christian Kirksey who will be an upgrade over Blake Martinez at linebacker. But other than that. This is this is pretty much the same team from a year ago, right? Yeah. And they're going to have to get they're going to have to get better internally. And um, I don't know the, the rush defense though. They don't have a whole lot outside of my guy Kenny Clark. Yeah, and you know that's one of the reasons too, Bob, that I want to ask you this, and I'm going to ask you that same question for the offense here too. But before I let you get to that, that's the one reason, and I'm really glad you were able to come on because. Here's a team, you know, NFC Championship runner-up, you know, 13-3, uh, and three, all this stuff. I mean, it sounds great on paper, but, you know, listening to, to the Green Bay market, you know, listening to podcasts, your show, um, everything, everybody is saying exactly what you said. So it's really kind of an interesting year in Green Bay because they haven't, like you said, really done anything to improve so let's move that same question over to the offense. Give me, in your opinion, uh, the strength and the weakness on the offensive side of the ball. Well, the strength is going to be the quarterback. That's a given, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, you take a look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers from last season, and everybody says, well, the touchdowns weren't there, the yards weren't there. Well, those were just, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that would love to have Aaron Rodgers' numbers from last season. Now, of course. He's a, he's a victim of his own success, right? You, mm-hmm. you expect 35 touchdowns. You expect quarterback ratings of 110. You know, you expect him to throw for 330 yards a game, and that just didn't happen last year. But it was also the first year in a new offense. So, But but obviously the strength is, is your quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I think this. Uh, I think surprisingly, I think this offensive line is going to be pretty good. There was a lot of question marks when they didn't um, re-sign Brian Balaga and he moved on to Los Angeles, and then they went out and got uh, you know kind of a journeyman in Rick Wagner from Detroit. Right. Um, he had injury issues here early in training camp. They've been kicking Billy Turner, the right guard, who had a little bit of a down year as a free agent last year for the Packers. They kicked him out to right tackle and brought in Lane Taylor, who lost his starting left guard uh, job last year to the rookie Elton Jenkins, and he's been dominating. In fact, he finished uh, training camp 14-0 and 
in one-on-one drills, 2-0 and against the highly paid Kenny Clark here in oh, training camp, who's, he's had a, who's maybe resurrecting his career, will resurrect his career on the right side. So I think you're, I think, I think David Bakhtiari, one of the best left tackles in the league. Elton Jenkins was phenomenal. You would have heard a lot more about Elton Jenkins last year if he wasn't a guard, because that's how good he was as a rookie. Okay. Um, wow. Center Corey, center Corey Lindsley anchors it. I think Lane Taylor's going to win the right guard spot. The right tackle will be a little bit iffy, but we'll see with Billy Turner and Rick Wagner out there. Um, it'll be it'll be good. It won't be Brian Balaga good, but the other four are so will be so good that I think this offensive line will be will be pretty darn good. All right, and folks, I got the one and only Bob Watts joining us on Sports Done right tonight. The man, the myth, the legend out of Green Bay himself. Um, Bob, just a couple more quick football questions, then I just want to delve into Milwaukee Bucks here for just a bit and let you enjoy your night there. As I know you got to get up early for your show in the morning. Um, the tight end. I mean, for years, you know, we've we've known about Green Bay tight ends, you know, Chewy. Just everybody that's played out there. But now, seems like we got a little battle going on. Is it uh, Sternberger? Is it Mercedes Lewis, who I've been reading and hearing a lot about out there? Um, what do you see on the tight end side of the ball? I think Jay Sternberger is going to get the first crack at it. Um, okay. He had, he had a wasted year last year, too, with injury. Came back late in the year. Caught a couple of balls. Um, he's highly regarded. Third-round selection. Um, he, was the, he was the heir apparent, so... I think once they got rid of Jimmy Graham and, um, you know, they didn't really do it. They brought Mercedes Lewis back, but he's more of a, a locker room guy, a meeting room guy, a leader okay. guy. Um, mm-hmm. he, he probably, he'll see some time on the field, but not a lot more probably in blocking situations. I think it's Jay Sternberger's job to lose. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. Sternberger it is. Now, all right. Well, so let me just wrap it up here for the Packers here before I get a last couple questions with you. What are your expectations for Green Bay this season? Let's just say it's a perfect world. You know, there's no COVID or maybe minor COVID issues. But let's, mm-hmm. you know, they get they get through the season. What are you expecting for Green Bay, barring any, obviously, you know, catastrophic injuries? Ah, uh, wow, that's a really good question. I don't, they're not a 13-3 and three football team. They had, they had everything go right. I, there's that old cliche, you are what your record is, and... You know they're thirteen and three. That might have been one of the worst thirteen and three football teams I've seen, or or at least oh, luckiest okay. thirteen and three football teams I've seen in a long, long time. And the biggest thing is they stayed healthy. the uh, The biggest injury they had last year was missed four games, and actually the offense ran better when he was out than when he came back, which was odd. Um, I, I would okay. guess this team is a ten win, a ten and six football team. I think if things break right 11 wins 12 would be a reach okay um, okay you know you need to 13 wins though you, that's rarefied air that's pretty good right oh I mean, gosh yeah exactly. really i mean 13 and three um, i mean and that's the thing too bob like you like you were just saying the packers aren't remembered as a 13 and three team because you when you hear a record like that you yeah you're thinking dominance and all that stuff and even though obviously they were just a step away from another Super Bowl appearance it, it yeah it just didn't seem like they were that dominant team no it, I mean they did not they never felt like a, a true Super Bowl contender last year 
not one t- not one time did I think I was going off to the Super Bowl to cover the Packers. Really? Um, wow. Okay. Was, uh, I, they they just didn't have that feel. Um, you know, the offense is going to have to take giant leaps forward this year. Uh, from you know, from what they did last year, you know right. they got off to even though they were even though they were winning football games a year ago early, um, we thought, wow, they're winning football games while they're still trying to get acclimated to this new offense with Matt Lafleur, and it was herky jerky and it and it wasn't very consistent, and we thought, well, wow, by the end of the year, this team might be you know firing on all cylinders. Quite honestly, the offense in week seventeen when the regular season ended looked a lot like the offense did in week one. And they never made that progression. And I remember talking to Brian Balaga, actually after they lost the NFC Championship game and they were cleaning up their lockers, talking about what it was like all season long. Still, They were still trying to learn the offense by the end of the year. And it was complicated and it was an adjustment for everybody. And so they never got there. So they're going to have to take a huge leap forward here in year two. And oddly enough, it's working against them because they didn't have the off season to do that. Again, going back to what we talked about before with Jordan Love, they didn't have the OTAs. They didn't have the mini camps. Everything was done virtual. So we'll see. All right. And yay. You heard it here from the man first, Bob Watts, the rookie. Okay, a couple last questions for you, Bob. And again, I thank you so much for coming on Sports Done Right, making love it, his love it. hey. Well, hey, I'm gonna use you. You're gonna be my Green Bay contact now. I know Don't you're worry. busy hobnobbing out there with the VIPs and all, but if you can make some time for the little people, Bob, we truly appreciate you'll be my, it. You'll be my VIP. You're my new VIP. Hey, there you go. There you go. I appreciate that. Now, I haven't seen Bob since last summer, pre-COVID, came in town for the Paul McCartney concert. Um, your that's wife. Right. That's right. Now, hey, I got. I, that's where I was going with this. Uh, you know, was talking to your wife Saturday morning because we were we were arranging breakfast. I got to tell you something, man. That restaurant at the motel, what is that place? Because that breakfast was phenomenal. Yeah, the Bay Family Restaurant. Yes. That's, oh. um, that's just an old greasy spoon diner, is, you know, connected to a, a, a motel, not a hotel. Right. You know, <laughs> the, rooms are, the rooms are outdoors or you enter outdoors. And we go there every Sunday uh, after church. Well, we did when the... When the kids are in confirmation class or at right, their right. Sunday mm-hmm. school, that's a that's a, <laughs> that's our date morning. Sunday morning, Mrs. Rookie and I go on a date to breakfast at the Bay Family Restaurant. Oh, after nice, church. nice. Hey, real quick, how did you and Lisa meet? Oh, uh, and excuse me, fans, for getting personal here, but Bob is married to a dear friend of mine who is actually a. Uh, um, an anchor, a news anchor in Green Bay, and has been over there for forever herself. So, yeah, how did you guys meet? So we were living in Wausau, Wisconsin. I was working oh, radio, right. was yeah. working TV, and my I was working uh, sports slash music station. And one of my, my female morning show partner went on maternity leave, so they rotated um, they rotated in female news anchors from the TV stations. In to come in in the morning, and Lisa was one of them. And the odd thing about that is, um, we lived in the same apartment complex, but didn't oh, know wow. it because I worked mornings, you know, say early, just say five to noon. Right. She worked afternoons, just say two to ten, because she was doing the, the ten o'clock news, so two to eleven or whatever it was. 
Mm-hmm. So our paths never crossed because I was out of there in the morning, back there right, at night. Yeah. She was out at night and back there in the morning. So, so she begged me to go out after she uh, after she came on and filled in. She begged me to go out with her, and I. <laughs> And, uh, and that's when we learned that we lived in the same apartment complex, which was kind of crazy. Oh, that is great. That is great. Now, I'm going to quote you on the begging part. Oh, yeah. For, I, I remind her of that all the time. She knows. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Okay. couple quick questions here for Bob, and I'll let you go. Again, Bob Watts, WDUZ Radio in Green Bay. Check out the Bill and Rookie Experience every morning um, for your your Green Bay and Wisconsin news here. Okay. Very quickly, let's talk Milwaukee Bucks. Um Ironically, one of my fraternity brothers works in sales down at ESPN in Milwaukee. So I had the pleasure of hanging out at that wonderful, what I called White House outside of the Lambeau Field pre-concert last year. Um, Apparently, he had the keys to the VIP castle and uh, got to meet the one and only Dr. Dave of all people. Um, Milwaukee Bucks super fan. Um, shout out to him and Jamie Glenberg, by the way, down in Milwaukee. But I want to ask you this about the Greek freak. If Giannis doesn't win this year with, with Milwaukee, do you think he's out of out of Milwaukee? No, I don't. You know, that's a lot of concern. There's a lot of people concerned, and there's been some interviews that have been done and then, you know, kind of taken out of context. I think he really likes it in Milwaukee. I think he likes the – I think he likes Budenholzer. I think he likes the makeup of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's hard because this year is so – you know, if, if you don't win it this season, you almost got to get a, a pass because that's that's the thing here in, in in Wisconsin is you know it's at least the NBA Finals, if not a championship or bust. But this whole bubble thing is throwing a monkey wrench into everything. Right. And you know, Giannis at the very beginning when they went down to the bubble back at the beginning of July, and they'd spent some time down there. Uh, Giannis was you know doing some Zoom calls and stuff with the media. And he was asked if you, you won the NBA championship, if there would be an asterisk. And he said, uh, no, because winning this championship is going to be harder than winning any other championship from being down in the bubble, from being away right, from family right. and, and stuff and, and all that. So he said, this, this championship is going to be a lot more difficult than winning a regular NBA championship. And so I think we're seeing it a little bit with, with their struggles and we, and, and, I think that if they don't win it, it's going to be kind of a pass. I think it's. I think Bucks fans are going to look at it as a lost season, a lost opportunity right, because they were yeah. playing so well when everything got shut down, mm-hmm. and they were clearly the favorites. Maybe the Lakers as well as you know at the time that, that the season got shut down, but they were playing pretty good basketball and they were ramping there. You know, they're kind of setting what they wanted to do in the postseason with with uh, limiting minutes and things like that. And then, you know, you, you take this four-month layoff and other teams get healthy. Um, you go to the right. bubble, you know, and, and there's just so many wild cards that, no, I, I think I don't think there's any chance that he leaves. I, I think he loves ownership. I think he loves coaching staff. I think he, he loves his teammates. All right. Well, Bob's telling it to you. Okay, last question for you, Bob. Big Ten football. Um, obviously Wisconsin has been very dominant in the big 10 West for a very long time. Now we have new commissioner, 
knew this, knew that, and the whole season gets blown up. What are the folks feeling over there in Wisconsin and in the Green Bay area about their college program? Because nobody seems to really have any answers. Nobody knows, was a vote taken? Did the vote happen? Apparently it did happen. But the Big Ten has really been put on the defensive over not playing this season, or at least not playing in the fall. And I just wanted to get your take. What's kind of the, you know, the word on the street of the uh, Wisconsin sports fans over there? Well, they're bummed. I, I think they were set to have a pretty good team this year. But boy, has the big, could the Big Ten screw this up more if they've tried to? I don't <laughs> think they could have. And, Maybe. And now the latest, the latest story is they're, they're maybe, try, maybe trying to get on the football field by like October 10th. So I'm not sure if they're buckling to pressure or what, but they have screwed this up six ways to Sunday. And and I think that's kind of the feeling of, of everybody. I mean, look, if 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 they if they took the vote and they voted not to play, I'm fine with that. But be more transparent about how you came about this decision. That's what got them in the trouble. You, what medical, you know, but they didn't. They just said, oh, football's not going to happen maybe in the spring. Talk to you later. And all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa. How'd you come right. to this decision? And they took a lawsuit filed against them to bring out the fact that there was a vote 11-3, 11 to 3, Iowa, Ohio State, and Nebraska wanted to play. I mean, you, you, had, you had two schools, Minnesota, I think it was your AD, said, I'm not even sure if you took a vote. You had, you had an AD yeah. or... or and the Pencil, and Penn State, yeah, their president, I think, she said um, yeah. th- the same thing. And she's like, I yeah. couldn't tell you because nobody asked me. <laughs> right. That's they didn't know if there was a vote. Meanwhile, you've got Nebraska that's ready to go rogue and schedule their own games. Um, you know, you, you didn't have Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, did not get out in front of it and, and talk about it. Instead, Barry, Al- Barry Alvarez here in Wisconsin, he has a big footprint in college football. He casts a big Absolutely. shadow in Absolutely. college football. Just not, it's not here in Wisconsin, but in all college football. He's on the Big Ten Network talking about it, and as big of a figure as he is in college football, that's not his gig. That should be the com- Big Ten commissioner out there, and, and he's nowhere to be seen. And they just they just mucked this up. That's mucked with yeah. an M. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. When we meet off the air, we'll we'll switch the letters around. But I agree with you, man. <laughs> and you know, people in here in in our chat room are are saying the same thing. I want to say, oh, by the way, just real quick before I finish up with Bob, want to say what up to Jelani. Uh, Jersey Vern down there in Atlanta listening in and as always and number one chief rocker H rap saying to you uh, Big Mike over in Eden Prairie's checking us out as well as uh, Danielle in Minnetonka Minnesota as well um, go, but go, go skippers there you go skippers in the house hey let me I agree with you Bob because of the transparency in the beginning nothing all of a sudden season's done while other teams, other leagues are are trudging forward, um, you know, the, we can we can argue the COVID numbers and all this stuff, but you know, there was a college game played last week that kicked it all off, and um, you know, Austin P. Shout out to the governors. Uh, that's where my uncle actually went to college. Nice. You know that yeah they you know they played a game, and you know so these high school teams are are playing so. I was I was very disappointed that they at least couldn't hold off a little bit longer, right. be more transparent if that is the the way you're going to go, 
because I think, and and I'd listen, I, I wish the SEC and all these other leagues well. I'm not an SEC hater or anything like that, because I think if they are able to pull this off, then that obviously means that they're doing something right. And maybe the other well, leagues can learn from that. Yeah, it, well, it's going to go one of two ways. Either the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are going to pull it off, and it's going to make the Big 10 and Pac-12 look silly. Yep. Or they're going to have um, huge outbreaks and have to shut it down, and the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going to look smart. But clearly, here's my thought, that the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are going to push forward regardless because you take a look at all the positive cases they've had with the student bodies down in that neck of the woods going back to college and, and some of those uh, campuses you know, shutting down and going virtual and sending right, kids yeah. home or locking them down in their dorms. And those football teams are still going to practice and, and going to push through. So I think those conferences, unless there's some sort of major outbreak, are, are going to push through. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the rookie. He is the man, the myth, the legend of Green Bay sports. And he is also the Don of Wisconsin sports, the one and only Bob Watts. Bob, thank you so much, man, for joining us. Um, I know you're busy. I know you got to get up early. I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with me and my audience. And we'll definitely be in touch to talk a more hockey. And definitely yeah. as as the season goes on, we'll be picking your brain on Packers and all this. Um, real quick, give me a score. A couple weeks, Vikings-Packers. What's the score of that game? Mm, Vikings-Packers in a couple of weeks. How, how does 24-17 Minnesota sound? Don't tell my listeners in Green Bay I said that. And I'm not just I'm not just pandering to you either. That's how I feel it's going to go down. I don't pander, okay. just so you know. He does not. He does not. All right. Hey, Bob, give a great big hug to Lisa for me. Um, thank you again so much, my man. I really appreciate it. And I was hoping to catch up with you guys this summer. Obviously, COVID kind of put a wraps on, on some of the summer exactly. travels that we had. But, um, hey, man, I cannot wait to catch up with you guys live in person. I had a great time. You know, I joke about Green Bay for obvious reasons. But, man, I had a great time out there um, last summer. Beautiful part of the country. And the actual Green Bay itself, beautiful piece of water, man. It's fun. It's fun. Vinny was a blast anytime, man. Thanks for having me. It was great. All right. You take care, bud. Take care. Yep. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Bob Watts. Ring the bell. Oh, man. I Well, what can you say, man? Bob, thank you again for joining us. Again, Bob Watts, you can catch him daily. Um, the, what is it? The Bill and Rookie Experience. His nickname is The Rookie. Um, WDUZ The Fan Radio in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like I said, Bob is a great dude. He has plenty of connections, knows the market. And again, I thank him so much for joining us on Sports Done Right. All right. So real quick here before I end the show, because um, I wanted to, and I'm glad I went long with Bob because I really wanted to get into a couple of things. But next week, we'll pivot this discussion to our own Minnesota Vikings um, you know, uh, Ngakwe, uh, Yannick Ngakwe has joined us now on the defensive line. That has ripple effects down to Riley Reef on the offensive line. He's apparently he might be taking a pay cut now to stick with the Vikings. 
Football's a cold-blooded game, man, with these contracts and whatnot. But next week, we're going to focus more on our purple people eaters, the Minnesota Vikings. And again, after that, it's just a week, probably less than a week at that point, Vikings-Packers to kick off the 2020 NFL football season. So I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to make some room and get ready for my friends over at Taste It Talk Radio, the one and only girly girl Amanda Leone, some podcast friends of mine. You know, that's more of an adult show, adult relationships. So, you know, make sure you, you, you draw the curtains, close the blinds, a little Tuesday night glass of wine, maybe some candles and check them out here. Again, on Spreaker.com. But again, thank you for listening to Sports Done Right. I am the one and only Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota. Make sure you follow the show, Sports Done Right, W-R-I-G-H-T, at Sports Done Right on Instagram, Sports Done Right on Facebook. You can follow me directly on Twitter at the Big Smooth one That's the number one after the Big Smooth. And also make sure that you check out um, my main man, Bob Watts, um, you can follow his radio station at WDUZ, just Google them and you'll find all that contact information there as well. So ladies and gentlemen, it has been a fun night. We gave you the Packer side next week. We're bringing it home to the Viking side of this. And I can't believe it. We're saying it Packers Vikings less than a, what about a week and a half away. I can't wait. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Sports Done Right. I am Vince Wright. Make sure you check us out on all your streaming platforms. We're on iTunes, um, you know, what else? Spotify, here is Spreaker, where the show originates from. And also make sure you're checking out xsquadaffiliates.com, great website, my podcast family there. Tons of great show, great content, covering everything from sports to current issues. Again, xsquadaffiliates.com. That radio uh, xsquadaffiliates.com xsquadaffiliates radio on the Spreaker channels 24 hours now and check out everybody else you got Jersey Vern the number one chief rocker um, he's over at BFTN he's doing great things with his show and we're going to get Jersey back on here too because we need to talk to Jersey it's been a minute HRAPB my main man he was listening like I said Mike from Eden Prairie Danielle from Minnetonka um, the folks over at New Max Radio, Girly Girl and Mandelion, they're getting ready to start their show, Tasty Talk Tuesdays. And the one and only Jelani, Wait a Minute, Bodie joining us. Make sure you check him out, the Wait a Minute show, for all his great sports takes as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday night is wrapping up. I'm going to go grab me, I think I'm going to grab me some bourbon tonight. It was, it's, it's just been one of those weeks, some of those days, a lot of stuff going on. Um, politics, social media, all this stuff. Obviously, the election's coming up. You know, election bringing out good and bad in people, but just stay your course, man. Stay cool, be cool, and stay safe in them streets. You guys will be back next week. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. Thank you for joining us on Sports Done Right. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right. Sports Done Right.